We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. move over to the defense ryan i think this is going to be an interesting conversation as well we're going to kind of we've got guys on all three level levels and again it's going to be similar there's one position we both nailed the same exact dude no no questions asked but then there's other two spots where it could be this guy could be that guy yeah and i think when you look at this this team it it all starts up front ryan and and look yeah we expect them to have a great corner tandem and i think the safety tandems the safety depth chart's a little underrated as far as what comes back. I think they were pretty solid last year. There's a perception among Notre Dame fans are not that good. I think they were pretty good last year as a group, right? We'll see what they can be this year. That remains to be seen. Linebackers, we've had plenty to talk about. But at the end of the day, if this is going to be a championship-caliber football team, a playoff-caliber football team, your defensive line is going to have to be better than it was a year ago. You're going to have to do that without three of your most productive players, Isaiah Foskey, Jason Adamiola, and Justin Adamiola. So the only way that your defense can be that, make that jump is if you have some breakout players. This is one of those spots where, Ryan, where I think you could have multiple guys breaking out. Riley Mills at three technique. You know, maybe Nana or Javante John Baptiste or maybe an Alexander Ernsberger or a you know Tyson Ford as Aiden Gobert, a big end. You know, some, one of those big ends could have a breakout. But there's one position to me where one, hopefully two, guys break out and provide a really dynamic one-two punch, and that's where we're going to begin. And I'll let you kind of kick things off because we're talking about the Viper position. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, and I actually I was going back and forth between Riley Mills and picking Joshua Burnham, and I obviously I ultimately did pick Joshua Burnham because for me, I expect Riley Mills to take a nice step forward this year, hopefully a big step. But he was still productive last year, right? He was still a starter. You still saw a lot of positive signs out of Riley Mills. I don't know what to expect out of Joshua Burnham. I don't. He's one of those kids where you know that the talent level is there. 6'4 plus, 245. You've mentioned 37 inch verts, you know, free coming out of high school, 23 reps on the bench. Like, he's a really talented kid. There's zero doubt about it. But he barely played last year. You know, you saw a glimpse of, a glimpse of it in the Boston College game, but for the most part, didn't really play last year. And so there's a lot of hype about him, but there's also a lot of unknown about Joshua Burnham. I think he's going to be a very productive player this year if he's given the opportunity. Because I think that he has that type of athleticism and that type of upside, that type of versatility where he could be an absolute weapon. I mean, go back and listen to our show yesterday. If you, you know, if you kind of doubt where I think he is from a versatility perspective, I think he can do a little bit of everything. Obviously, coming in as a linebacker, former high school quarterback, like dynamic athlete, right? And he could be, for me, a breakout star because there's some unknown to him. But he might also have the most the highest upside at the Viper position on the roster right now. I mean, those that talent level, if it is coached well, if it's developed properly, he has a chance to be special, in my opinion. Maybe won't be the the guy in year one as far as the absolute you know difference maker at the Viper position. But you need to get something out of him, man. You need him to be productive this year, and there's no reason that he shouldn't be. There's no doubt he's the most talented guy, in my opinion. I don't think that's a question. My my concern about putting him in this conversation has nothing to do with him and everything to do with the coaching staff. Whether they're going to coach him up appropriately, whether they're going to give him an opportunity to be that guy. I, I I mean, that's the reality of it, Ryan. That That's the only thing holding them back, in my opinion, is will they give him a chance to be that guy? If they give him a chance to be that guy and they force the issue, because this is what you have to do with a guy like Josh Burnham, and this is what drives me nuts about this coaching staff, and it's been this way even before Marcus Freeman and the staff showed up. 
it's like they hold younger players to a higher standard than older players. They'll let a veteran go through five straight crap practices and still keep throwing them out there. But a younger player has to approve, approve above and beyond, you know, what he can do or you don't push them. And for me, it, it's force the issue with kids like him. Get him out there. I don't care if he has three straight bad days in a row. Keep throwing him out there and then figure out why he's having a bad day and work on it. Spend extra time with him after practice. Do whatever because when you've got a kid with his athletic tools, if you can't get him ready to play, I'm sorry, that's on you. I Because no one's – I've never heard anyone question that Josh Burnham puts into work. I've seen some numbers from offseason testing, and let me assure you, Ryan, he's almost always at the top of the list when it comes to the production and offseason workouts. You, you don't put 23 reps on the bench as a sophomore if you're not working. Like Correct. You just don't do that stuff. Correct. I mean, if if I could kind of tell you some of the stuff that I've seen, it's like, okay, this dude is an absolute freak in, in the weight room as well. So you, if you don't get him ready to go, man, that's on you. That's That's absolutely on you. And so I need to see this staff do that. If I had more faith in this coaching staff on defense, I'd absolutely be right there with you. But if they can get him going, man, and you're going to have something special because the guy that I think is going to be a breakout this year, and I do think he still qualifies as a breakout because he's never been more of sort of a situational guy. I really anticipate Jordan Patelho be kind of coming. That guy, if he can get his head on straight and keep it on straight and really lock in and stay hungry, I think Jordan Patelho has a chance to be a really special player and do some really impressive things this spring and be a be a guy that just every single day, his motor, his twitch, his power, his demeanor, he plays with an edge, like almost to the borderline of, you know, he was a little dirty early in his career. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and you kind of like that. Like, hey, bro, let's let's pull it back enough to where it's not a 15-yard penalty and live and, in and that zone. A lot lot right? easier to pull it back than pull it out of someone. So, exactly. Yeah. Then the pusher guy who just, you know, gets slapped in the face and he just kind of takes it, right? Like, you know, that's not the guy that I want. And not on defense anyway. So, look, it all the tools are there, Ryan. Now it's just about him putting it together cuz he he's a little different to me than than Burnham because we know he's going to get that shot this spring. He's going to yeah. get those reps this spring. And yes, you've got to continue to coach and develop him. But for Jordan, the, the only thing holding Jordan back during his Notre Dame career so far has been Jordan. Yeah. And if he stops that and kind of gets out of his own way, he he may not be considered a breakout amongst Notre Dame fans because they already kind of all know who he is and view him as a potential star. But he's going to be a guy that the nation's going to be talking about. Is like, where'd this guy come from? Like, we're expecting Notre Dame to take a step back on defense because they lost Foskey because what's the percent? Oh, Notre Dame doesn't recruit defensive ends. But Jordan Patel was a pretty highly ranked recruit yep. and and a guy that was a really good edge rusher in high school and, and played all over the field. And all of a sudden, people are like, wow, this Patel guy is coming out. If if by the end of the spring, we're talking about both of those guys and the production they had this spring, that's where you start saying, okay, this defensive line is going to be nasty because in third down packages, Ryan, if Burnham, if Burnham gets that shot, gets coached and developed, and then takes advantage of that by the end of the spring, they're both going to be on the field on third down next year. No, no, no. There's going to be no doubt. You'll have Batelho either in the middle or outside and kind of that stand-up roll over the middle is what I'm referring to, or lined up on one edge. Burnham's going to be on the other side. I could easily see Josh Burnham taking the role that Justin Adamiola had. And so you're going to go from an undersized, high motor, technically sound kid to just a freak athlete. And that could be very interesting. So 
they could both not only play in a rotation at the Viper, but then on third down and in nickel packages and against certain def- teams that you're going to play, you're going to see both of those kids on the field together. And if they're both, if they both break out, like we're talking about, if we're both right on this one, man, this, this pass rush is going to end up being really good. Really. I, good. I, I always think back to when I was at the combine and I asked Isaiah Foskey about who's the breakout star on the defense for Notre Dame next year. And he went with Jordan Batello without as without any hesitation, Brian, like that was the first guy on his mind out of the entire defense. And again, that's his former teammate in the same room saying that. So like, you know, there's some context there, but then I asked Nick Herbig who came out of the same high school as Jordan Batello in the same year, by the way, and by the way, Nick Herbig was a really dang good player for Wisconsin over the last two years. I think he got some votes as the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year this past year. And he spoke highly of Jordan Mattello, obviously. And, I mean, quite frank, Jordan Mattello was a better player than Nick Herbig was coming out of high school. And, you know, if Jordan Mattello is in Wisconsin, maybe he's in a similar situation that Herbig is as a – early declaration in the in the 2023 NFL draft. Like, you never know as far as, like, what that trajectory looks like. But everybody here knows, including you, Brian, that I'm a big fan of Jordan Batello's talents. I really am because he brings stuff to the Viper position that, look, he's never going to – he's not going to be the Notre Dame all-time leading sacker when he leaves like Isaiah Foskey was, right? But he brings a little more versatility than what Isaiah had as far as what he could do from the Viper position because Jordan's literally played linebacker. He's literally played rover. He can move around and do a lot of type of stuff on top of potentially being an impact pass rusher. So he is that traditional big Sam, drop ends, however you want to kind of profile that guy, a guy that can play in space, that can rush the quarterback, can do a little bit of everything from that position. So, I mean, you don't have to sell me on Jordan Batello, man. I think that if he has a – Healthy season, a season where he's fully locked in and stays within himself and stays disciplined, I think he could be a star. I have no doubt about that. I'm going to somewhat push back on a comment that you just made. You said, I believe, that he's not going to be because he's not going to end his career as Notre Dame's all time leader in sacks. Is that what you said? Okay. Could you elaborate on that before I push back? I want to make sure I give you a chance to explain why you, why you say that comment. Yeah, I mean, so Jordan's entering his senior year. He sits here now. Two years of eligibility left, though, yes. Right. Yep. So he's entering his senior year with two years of eligibility left. Four and a half sacks last year. And I know Isaiah had a similar number, obviously, when he was a sophomore. But in back-to-back years, he has 11 sacks each. I just don't know if I'm going to see Jordan Mattello have back-to-back double-digit sack seasons. Like, that's kind of where I am with it, right? I mean, like, can you tell me that this year he has seven or eight sacks and then next year he has 10 or 11? Like, I'd be like, okay, I agree. But I here's the that. thing, though. If he has eight sacks this year and 11 next year, that puts him like a sack away from Foskey because he's got six and a half career stat sacks going into the season because he had two in 2021. So he actually has two more sacks than Foskey did going into his first year as a starter. Right. So even if he has, you know, nine and 10, that puts him at what? Uh, one behind Foskey, I think is if I did my math correctly. So I agree with your point. I think the sacks are going to spread around because I think they're going to have better pass rushers around him this year. I do, but I do think he's capable of getting there if he can be that consistent edge rusher that he's capable of being that that's the only reason I would say that, that, uh, you know, he has a chance. I just wanted to make sure that we were that explanation makes sense. I I would yeah. somewhat push back on it because I think that if he's their best pass rusher, we've seen from this this defense, it's going to produce a lot of sacks from that Viper position. 
you could argue that maybe it gets split up between him and Burnham and Jr. a little bit more than it did when Foskey was there. That's very fair. Yeah. But I, but I just want to make sure that we under, we're on the same page too. He still has two years of eligibility left because he played yes. as a freshman in 2020, but it was the COVID year and it didn't count for him. So he still has two years of eligibility left. Yeah, yeah. because I think when you look at Foskey – there's talent behind him in the last two years, you know, to play in the Viper position. Like you talked about Justin Adam Alola, for instance, right? But it was like you you knew Isaiah Foskey was going to be the guy, though, right? Like you knew he was going to be that guy. I think that right. Jordan Battelle could be that guy, but also Joshua Burnham's going to take some reps away from him, I, I hope, I think, you know? And then yeah. guys like Junior Toya Lamaka could also hope and think that he takes a few reps as far as, you know, the overall number of total snaps. So I just don't think he'll quite get there from a career perspective, but regardless, he can still be a high-level impact player. He can still be yeah. a player that Notre Dame needs. Like, they need that guy. Yeah. Next position, Ryan, linebacker. I think there's a lot of different ways we could go, but there's just so much uncertainty about this position, in my opinion, about who's going to play, who's going to get their shot. But I'll say this. They need somebody to break out at linebacker this year, and I'm not talking about one of the veterans. They need one of the young guys to force his way onto the field some way somehow to either take some snaps away or potentially and and this is where I'm gonna let you kick off about your breakout player because if you're correct and this guy breaks out I think it impacts multiple positions and I'll explain why so why don't you kick things off and I, I think that that's part of the equation for me is that it's a little bit of wishful thinking for me and I think it could benefit a lot of other positions on this defense on the second level if Jalen Sneed could potentially be the guy at Rover and push for a potential starting spot because what that does is if Jalen Sneed is that guy this spring going into the fu- into the rest of the offseason, into the fall, then maybe you're more comfortable about, hey, Jack, we still need you, buddy. We still need to get you on the field. So maybe we rotate you in at will a little bit more. Maybe we play you a little bit more inside. So I think that that could actually strengthen the inside linebacker position, potentially. It could strengthen the, the depth, especially at the inside linebacker position. You get Jack Kaiser in a – more of a role that I think is suitable for his strengths as far as being a downhill player and playing in a little bit more tighter spaces than playing out in space all the time. And then also I think that Jalen Sneed, man, just he is a special cat from an athleticism perspective. He brings playmaking potential if he can be consistent at that rover position. So I think it could impact multiple spots on the second level. And I think that Jalen Sneed, man, like he could provide you some upside at rover that – is reminiscent of Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Now, obviously, I'm not saying he's going to be as impactful as Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a Buckus Award winner, right? Like, he was a, a great player. But could he bring some of the similar impact that he brought to that position? I think he could, because I think he is that type of talent. He, I think he is a special type of football player, if he if he hits the ceiling, of course. They're going to need more consistency from an execution standpoint, and he's going to have to play with more discipline than what we saw in the spring game, or, I mean, in the the bowl game. But what you could see in that game and in the Boston College game and in the Navy game, he moves at a speed that just nobody else moves with on the field. He he just does. And he brings an impact ability that just could be really special. And and he has a lot of the athletic tools. I, I'd even argue he's more explosive than Jeremiah Wusukoromo was. Just pure athleticism. Now, does he have the instincts and feel for the game that Jeremiah did? That remains to be seen. We we don't know that. But the, I mean, I think you have to go back to Jalen Smith to find a linebacker that just had more twitch and explosiveness, just pure explosiveness than Jalen Sneed. I don't know if he's going to be that kind of player, but I think he's got that kind of athleticism. 
Sure. So now Jalen's got a lot of grown up to do that he needs to do, like a lot of young players. And ultimately, that's going to determine just how good he's going to be. How hungry is he? How much does he put in the work? Uh, what kind of is he locked in in the weight room? Is he locked in off the field? Does he have the right attitude? Those are all questions that you have for young players, especially guys that come in with the big pedigrees. Some sometimes those kids, and this isn't specific. Like I've heard something negative about Jalen. This is just always a concern with guys like him that were the highly ranked guys. Do you have that sense of this is what I'm entitled to, or do you have that sense of this is what I need to earn? Sure. And if Jalen has, and again, this isn't specific to okay, Brian, you you're saying that because you heard something negative about. That's not what I'm saying. This is true for a lot of young players, especially guys who were highly ranked and he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school if he doesn't have the sense of entitlement some of those guys have and he has a hunger for hey if you want this go earn it that's my hope for Jalen if Jalen has the right mentality he is going to break out this year there's no doubt it's just I sometimes get concerned with kids like him of hey should you know you need to play me as opposed to dude go out there and force them to play you and that's what I'm going to see from Jalen. If he has that ladder attitude, there's no doubt he's going to be a difference maker. And part of the reason Jordan Patello may not break the school's all-time sack record at Notre Dame is because of a guy like him. Because you've got this linebacker rover that all of a sudden you're shooting off the edge and he's getting five or six sacks, right? <laughs> I mean, he, he just has that type of dynamic ability, right? I mean, my – like here, you want to say, okay – People asked this yesterday, right? When what what will you need to see to know that something is good? Here's what I will know: if Notre Dame's third down package against Tennessee State, because of the guys that have earned it, contains these three these four players, then I'm going to say this team has a chance to be special. If the third down package has Jordan Patelho, Josh Burnham, Riley Mills, and Jalen Snead on it, then this team is going to be a freaky pass rushing team. It's a lot, um, of, athleticism. A a lot of athleticism. A ton of athleticism. <laughs> yeah. And and so if if those guys can force their way into those roles, then this team's going to be special because there's no doubt Jalen State has enormous ability, enormous potential. My only question is, is what not even question, the one thing he has to prove is do you are you hungry for it or not? Are you hungry for greatness? Or do you think greatness needs to be given to you because you're Jalen Sneed and you're a five-star recruit? Right. That's always a question for every big time recruit that comes here. Jalen Sneed or Jalen Smith, Manti came here with similar pedigrees, even greater pedigrees. But you know what made them great players? They were also hungry for greatness. They worked for greatness. They earned greatness. If Jalen Sneed has that same mentality, he will find greatness at Notre Dame. And it could be as easy early as this season. And we can start to see it this spring. And it starts to get you excited. It really does. I'm starting to think about a poor offensive tackle that is staring across from him at Joshua Burnham. And then on the outside of him is Jalen Sneed. And you got to start making some decisions in your head. Because you know, man. some kind of twist is coming. Some kind of <laughs> oh. thing is coming to me, man. It's poor like, buddy, on. man. Poor buddy. That poor guard's going to have one of those guys in some type of situation. Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not a good situation for offensive linemen. Not a good situation, man. That's like a offensive tackle's worst nightmare is that type of speed off the edge. There's another young linebacker that I've got my eye on this spring too, Ryan, and he needs to get a chance as well. He's I put him very much in the Josh Burnham category of I know he's putting in the work. He's a freaky athlete. It's just whether or not they're going to give him a chance to compete or not, and, and that's Nolan Ziegler. You're talking about a guy that we were hearing this last spring 
kid finishes first and they he he ran so fast and ran so well last year that they at last year they ran in like groups like d-line linebackers dbs they ended up moving him to the db group by the end of the year because he just was smoking the linebacker so bad they just wanted to push him more and you're talking about a guy that's got a great work ethic strong i mean you look at the offseason workout numbers i was telling you about josh burnham nolan ziegler is consistently the top linebacker in lifts and all the different workouts he's up to 230 pounds he can flat out run you know ryan you and i have seen some stuff uh from him some practice stuff from him where you're just like this guy again like jalen steed this guy moves at a different speed than the guys they have on the field right now he just does now he was a freshman and didn't know the defense and blah 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 but he's not a freshman anymore you're talking about a kid who's 6'3 plus, almost 6'4, 230 pounds, and can absolutely freaking move. And, and so to me, get, these two guys both have potential breakout ability. The only question for me with Nolan is similar to Jordan. I think they're going to push Jalen. I think they know they need to get Jalen on the field if they want to keep him at Notre Dame. Look, if you bury Jalen Sneed on the depth chart this year, they know he's going to leave, and he should, to be honest with you. You know, why Why would he – he's not sitting behind a Jack Kaiser and a Maris Lewifowl at Alabama. They would – clearly would move him up above those guys, right? That's just – Georgia does that all the time. But it, I think they're going to push him. I don't have a doubt about that. The question is, will they give Nolan Ziegler that same chance? If they do, that could be a guy that i am got my eye on for possibly pushing Marist at that will spot and maybe even moving over to Mike potentially and being the next in line there but I really would like to see him get that shot at the wheel because he's every bit as athletic as Marist but a more disciplined football player in high school and a guy that has even more weight at the same age and and I would argue even a tad more speed so he's a guy also that I have on my watch for this spring guy he he will be one of the guys him and the look linebacker is going to be the position I'm going to be spending most of my time watching at practices I'm just telling you that right now Yep. You know, we'll watch some D-line stuff as well, but I'm telling you, I'm going to have my eye on linebacker position for sure. That's going to be one that I, I want to see. There is a different type of linebacker that is steadily getting introduced to Notre Dame football, Brian. I mean, you mentioned Nolan. I mentioned Jalen. We we're going to talk about the freshman, obviously, here in a few minutes as well. There is a different level of athlete than what Notre Dame has been accustomed to on the second level that has been injected into this program over the last two recruiting classes. There's no doubt about it. At the end of the day, Nolan Ziegler should be playing football in 2023 because, like you said, 6'3 plus, 230 pounds, good athlete, played overhang in high school a ton, you know, played out in space a lot, was a wide receiver. He has that type of profile to him. And from what I've seen, and again, it's just practice clips. You know, we, we've talked about this, but he looks really instinctive too. He looks really instinctive. He looks like he sees the game at a pretty high level. So there's no excuse because, you know, the excuse last year was freshman and needs to put weight on, right? Well, he weighs as much as, as Maris Lufau does now. And Maris Lufau, yes. Yeah, he weighs as much as those guys now. So if he doesn't play this offseason – there is an issue in that room. Like there's, there's and an it's issue. It's not a player issue. No, in that room. it's not a player it's issue. Not. It's not a player issue it's because not. you can't look at what Maris Loipau did in 2022 with his lack of instincts and say, oh, but you know, but we can't play Nolan because he doesn't have instincts, sir. Did you see your your will position in 2022? Did you see that? That was one of the least instinctive will linebacker positions I've seen in my life. Like it was really bad football. It really was for the majority of the season. So that 
that conversation and that excuse even gets thrown out the window a little bit. So if you can't find a way to play that type of athlete on the second level, then, you know, I'm just feeling uh, very defeated, I think is the word to put in, in parentheses there. Yep. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. So one of those two guys has to break out. And again, the breakout doesn't have to mean starter, Brian. It could mean it. It just means you now have a rotation. You have to impact guys that you can turn to. And and if you can give me that, then I feel – I mean, look, this is what you recruited these guys for, right? If you're constantly playing an older player – it's the same crap we said in the past. It's like if you're constantly having to trot out the veteran players because they know the defense and the young guys consistently can't learn it, then then they're not the problem. So, well, how can Benjamin Morrison? Number one, Benjamin Morrison's dad played in the NFL, right? He, but also the cornerback position, A, great coach who coaches his players – very fundamentally sound, very technically savvy. Mike Mickens is one of the best in the business at what he does. We've said that time and time again. But also, the corners play a lot, ton of man coverage, especially the back. It's like, dude, you're really good lineup play man coverage. It's, there's not a lot to that mentally. It's, you know, it's, it's okay, there's tech, a lot of technical work that goes into it, but it's, it's a little different than what a, a linebacker has to do. It just is. I'm not saying cornerback is an easy position to play mentally. I'm just saying when you play a lot of cover one, you don't have to know as much as a line, a middle linebacker, a will linebacker does. That's just the reality there's, of it. There's not, there's not a lot of, there's not a process to assignments, right? Like your assignment is that guy. <laughs> like you're, you're telling that person, like cover that yeah. guy the best you can. Yeah. You need technique behind that, but linebackers, their assignments is off of processing, right? Like process. There's my gap process. Here's my player coming back across the line of scrimmage processing. There's my landmark and zone coverage. Like everything is a process for a linebacker. If you're a man cover corner, your process is that's my guy right, right there, right in front of me. That's the guy that I cover. And right. And now it's about the technique, the, 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 how you play the game. And that's where he was taught at a very right. high level early on. He came in with elite talent. Mike Mickens was like, okay. And that's the thing though. Benjamin Morrison came in and the talent was obvious. And so Mike Mickens was like, I got to force the issue with him. I got to put in the work to get this kid ready. And guess what? First game of his college career, we saw it in that game, Ryan. We saw it against Ohio State. You're like, yo, this number 20 is different. I mean, you think of how good he was in coverage, Ryan. You watched the all 22. You saw how sticky he was in coverage, breaking up that pass over the middle, too. I think, was it Harrison or Emeka? I forget which one it was. We had a great breakup over the middle. Yeah, just, he was Emeka. Could have yeah, been Emeka just an excellent, excellent player. So that's what good coaching does. I got, I got the talent. It's my job to get it ready to play. And if it's not ready to play, that's not on them. That's on me. And that's what separate. That's what makes Mike Mickens elite. And that's where the other guys have to prove themselves. Because I'm sorry, Josh Burnham and Nolan Ziegler and Jalen Sneed are in the Benjamin Morrison category as talents. They just are athletic talents. They just are. Now it's about getting them ready to play. And if they do, and and the coaches surpass our expectations and, and and prove to be the guys that Marcus Freeman believed them to be when he hired them, this team is going to be really good because there's so much length and athleticism in the younger classes. Third one, Ryan, no-brainer. We could have gone with Ramon Henderson, could potentially be a guy like this. It wouldn't shock me if you know we're talking about Ramon. But when we talk about breakouts in the secondary, there's one guy and one guy only that is going to be the first name out of just about everybody's mouth that works for IB. And I'd be willing to bet in the chat, too, if we just said to people, hey, you tell us which DB you think we're talking about, I guarantee you 
the guy that a lot of people would be putting in the chat is Xavier Watts. You yeah. know, because we saw it late in the year. He he just he, the, now a couple of times took some angles. You know, okay, he's still learning the position, but the play he made, the the play where you're like, okay, this he's going to be a dude. I'm never going to talk about moving him to receiver again. He got off the hash against it was USC. He took a bad angle to the ball, so that's why he missed and he mistimed his jump. So that's why he didn't intercept it. But him f- open up, flipping his hips and getting to the ball, you're like, okay, that guy moves at a speed that just none of the other safeties on this roster can move at. And he did that a couple times in that game. And that pass that he broke up over the middle against South Carolina right before that fake punt, field goal, whatever the heck that thing was, that was a – you're like, okay, there's not another safety on the roster that has the instincts and feel for the game and the athleticism to make that play. So Xavier Watts is that guy for me. Uh, up until I'd say probably the Boston College game, I was still in the I still want him to play receiver category. Those last three games of the season last year was like, okay, I'm done. No more yeah. receiver talk for me. This guy's yeah. a dude at safety. I he's my he's he's our breakout at safety, Ryan. Both of us. Because I, I think that he can be a very impactful football player, maybe the most impactful in 2023 from the safety spot. Because I I mean, for me, ideally. Ramon Henderson takes a step forward, but he's just very solid in his role, right? He makes some impact in his specific role as a football player. DJ Brown is specific and hopefully productive in his one role as a football player. Xavier Watts is the type of talent that could play both spots, in my opinion, right? Like he could be a field safety. He could be a boundary safety because I think you could rotate him to the middle of the field. You could definitely rotate him down. And I honestly would – I mean, I'd be okay with him playing some man coverage at times in the slot. Like, I think he has that type of upside. So, he is the fully versatile player on the back end for Notre Dame that allows you to do a lot of different things. And if you get stuck in a look where, you know, your field safety is in the boundary for whatever reason because you can't switch or whatever the – or on the weak side of the defense, whatever it is – it doesn't hurt you because Xavier Watts can do both of those responsibilities well. So I think that his versatility, his his positional flexibility on the back end, that provides a lot of upside for a defense. He can be that guy that can play some middle of the field. He can be that guy that can come down in the alley. He can be that guy that can play some man-to-man coverage. He can play too high and you know split field. Like He can do a lot of different things, and I think that that's why he could potentially have the highest impact of any safety on this roster in 2023. I mean, I mean, Ryan, let me ask you this, okay? Let's say Notre Dame moves Clarence Lewis to safety, something I've been begging them to do. Let's say it happens. And God forbid, and I truly mean that because I don't ever want to see a player get hurt, so I'm not using the Lord's name in vain. I generally mean God forbid this from happening. But let's just say this is football, injuries happen. Two weeks before, the, or the week before the USC game, right, the game before USC, Thomas Harper sprains his ankle. He can't play against USC. If you're going up against USC and I got Cam Hart and Benjamin Morris on the outside and I have my two deep safeties, our starters are are, uh, Ramon Henderson and Clarence Lewis, and my nickel is is, is Xavier Watts, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about where Notre Dame is because that's a lot of dudes that can flat out cover. That's the thing. That's five former corners or receivers out (laughs) in coverage. Think about it. Because Clarence Lewis and Ramon Henderson both would have began their careers at corners. Xavier was a wide receiver that could easily play corner, in my opinion, in in, in some defenses. Not a cover one defense, but like 
Xavier Watts, if Bob Diaco is the defensive coordinator running the defense he ran in 2012, to me, Xavier Watts is a, is a field corner, in yeah. my opinion. And so, to me, that to me is – that's the potential for that unit right there is – you want to talk about the reason you start getting excited. Now, and again, if Thomas Harper's not hurt, now those guys are all playing safety, and now you can see why I say this secondary, if they make the right moves this offseason, starting before spring – this secondary has a chance to be special, in my opinion. It has a chance to rival, if not surpass, the 2018 secondary, which to me is the best secondary Notre Dame has had probably since 2002. And yeah. that's the Shane Walton, Vontez Duff, Glenn Earl, Jerome Sapp secondary. Like to me, if this, if if they make those moves and everybody starts to kind of play to their potential and Xavier Watts breaks out, this could be Notre Dame's best secondary since 02, as, as a whole unit since 2002. Right now, to me, that pick is 2018. That was the best secondary Notre Dame's had. What this secondary has a chance to have, Ryan, is every bit as good, if not better, in the starting positions. Number one, athleticism. Number two, much longer secondary than that 2018 secondary. And number three, way better depth than that 2018 secondary. So that's why I start getting fired up about it. But they need Ramon to get better. And in my opinion, one of those two needs to break out as a guy. And I think Xavier has a chance to be that guy. Because remember one of my predictions for the bowl game was, I was like, Xavier Watts is going to make like, or was it the bowl game or the USC game? I was like, Xavier Watts is going to make like two huge plays in the game. I think it was the bowl game. And he ended up doing it. He didn't end up picking the passes off, but he ended up doing it. You know, he had the big breakups and almost had an interception. You're like, okay, this is, because this is what you saw in filming at USC. You're like, this guy, because he is the cliche and I mean this as a, as a as a positive. There's just that term where you're like, is Xavier the biggest guy? No, he's 5'11", 190, 195. Not the biggest guy. He's not a 4'3 guy. Or probably not even, he's probably a 4'5", right? He's not – there's nothing elite about him physically. You just – since high school, you just watch kids play. This kid's just a heck of a football player. Now, is he a very good athlete? Yes. Does he have good size? Yes. There's just no, nothing about him where you look and say, Xavier's going to go to the combine in two years and light the world on fire. I, I don't I don't see that. He'll have good testing numbers, but he won't be like a, oh my gosh, he'll be closer to Lohi Gilman testing-wise than he will some of the freaky guys like a Harrison Smith who had like a, what was it, like a 3-8, you know, in, yeah. in the shuttle and just, just it's like silly. 6-6 six, 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 six. and the three cone, yeah. I mean, just yeah. silly stuff, right? He'll be more like a Lohi, you know, 4-1, you know, six eight, six nine, which is athletic, moves well, but you just watch him play around. And you're like, he's at four or five, still gets the ball better than the four three guy because he sees the game and he's a really intellectually smart player that just knows how to play. And if you know Xavier Watts at all, you you so you see you meet him, and this is a very shy, quiet kid. But when as soon as he does this and does this, which is the image of me putting on a helmet and strapping it up, a, a, <laughs> a, like a different personality takes over. And it's a confident, cocky, and I mean that in a good way, I'm better than you type of kid. And he doesn't care who he's going against. And in fact, the better you are, the more he wants to go whoop you. That's And you need that kind of mentality. And that's what gets me fired up about Xavier Watts, in my opinion. I mean, he's a... Uh... He's from Nebraska, right? So you should expect him to be kind of that quiet well, kid, he was right? Like born in Minnesota, moved okay. to Nebraska. I mean, so but same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Like, 
you know, not big popular states, right? He's your Midwestern guy, man, out kind of in the, I don't want to say middle of nowhere, but like, you know, less populated type of states, right? So he's a non-assuming, quiet kid. And I love those kids though, man. It's like Brian Dawkins was a guy, Brian, right? Like he was a guy that was incredibly nice, you know, just very lax kind of um persona to him but when he got on the football field dude was a mad dog man yeah. just absolute crazy Troy Polamalu is another example like that just high voice very calm and polite you see him in those commercials the head and shoulders commercials and he's just like this very nice guy with you know this high-pitched voice and then you watch him play and you're like that's not the same dude that I see in those commercials like John, this guy John, John Lynch is another one man yeah. where it's like so Steve nice Atwater. mild manner yeah. and then on the field he's yeah. gonna knock you out man yeah. like and you no. need those guys. You need the guys that set the tone. You need the guys that bring that kind of persona to the field. You need those guys that bring attitude, man. That's the one thing I really like about Jordan Patelho potentially this year, Brian, is I think that he's going to be very productive with the amount of snaps he gets, and hopefully he's a really significant playmaker. But the one thing I love about Jordan Patelho brings to the game, and we talked about earlier in the podcast, is that he has an attitude to him, man. And defensively, you need more of that. You need more. When you need a play, those guys usually rise to the occasion. The ones yeah. that are a little cocky on the field, and again, not a bad thing, but super overly confident at times, the guys that want to compete. Yeah. And that's what I get out of Xavier Watts as well. I, I, get I like well. cocky football players. I don't like arrogant football players. Arrogant football players are disrespectful and tend to kind of get their comeuppance. I want a guy that's cocky. I, I want a guy that knows he's good and wants to show everyone how good he is because that's a guy that is a money player. The arrogant guy just likes to talk just to talk, right? Yeah. And and you know probably thinks he's a little better than he is and thinks you know things should kind of come to. It, it's a different mentality. It, it, some people, I think it's different. Yeah. So uh, you know I I, I kind of like that. So that's kind of yeah. going to do it for the breakout players. Ryan, we could we could. There's other guys we could. I think. You know, J.D. Bertrand's a guy that I could see as a breakout in the fall. I don't know what J.D. could possibly do in the spring to be a breakout. What I mean breakout is I still think J.D. Bertrand's a good football player. I think he was underrated last year. I'm a believer that if if the defensive coaching does what it's supposed to do this year, that J.D. is going to have a 10-plus tackle for law. I, I really do. I mean, he had eight last year, Ryan, and he missed basically a full game and a half because of the uh, just about because of the uh, targeting stuff. Right. And or a, a full game, excuse me, because of the targeting stuff and including the well, actually, yeah, game and a half because he missed two whole halves plus missed some, you know, some time in the two games he got kicked out of. And and so for me, Ryan, he's a guy that I could see as a double digit tackle for lost guy. If the awesome. defense is run correctly, that's more of a national breakout. That's not something we're going to see this spring. I don't know how you can see that in the spring from a guy like him. We could talk about Riley Mills. And I'm hoping that we're talking at some point time in the end of the spring about a breakout interior guy that's not Riley Mills or Howard Cross. That's my hope. I just don't know right. who that's going to be. That's why I didn't go with anybody. I mean, I could have maybe put names in a hat and pulled one out and like, oh, okay, let's go with uh, this guy. I just don't know who that's going to be. And it kind of is online with what we talked about yesterday. They need the interior D-line to step up. There's a lot of bodies. I just don't know who's ready to be that guy or hopefully those guys. Right. But – the guys we talked about, I feel, are definitely some really good football players, you know, and those are things that we want to see. And so there's other guys you could go with, 
but those are the, the players that we feel most comfortable with at this point in time when you look at breakouts for the Notre Dame defense. No doubt about it. It's going to be very interesting, and that's, again, why this is why this spring is so much fun because you're optimistic. You have it's, – it's more a push to the upside, right? Like the, what a player can do and what they're starting to build as far as momentum. But at the end of the day, Brian, this conversation is important because Notre Dame needs some of these guys, man. They need some of these guys. So love to see it, want to see it, and it's only six days away. So excited for it. 